0: What's up everybody? We are back with Vengeance. We are like the fight.
1: Hey, I was so impressed that you guys could even find Okay, so last week I was gone and this place w- where we record is also a photography studio for me disaster. I mean, sometimes I'm super organized. Some things were organized. This particular thing like I was really <laughs> I was really impressed that you guys found found um, the Don't Freak Out. The
0: No, we made it. No, we went
1: in there and upstairs. The the you had to search right around. We
0: had, so if you're uh, watching this on YouTube, she's talking about her Heidi Swipe. swipe. Heidi Swap. <laughs> S- swipe, <laughs> swipe, swipe right. S- swipe up right now. Swipe up, yeah. Heidi Swipe Up Right Now swaps. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and we went through and we got her signature light box and we yes. put it, of course, I just Don't felt, Freak Out. I
1: just felt so you know proud Heidi moment like, yeah it was it was spe- it was special Your but boys, I was like I have no idea how they found that stuff
0: you're like my boys in there are trying to make it cute when I'm
1: gone <laughs> wasn't
0: that cute we were wondering if you were to say awesome. something That was awesome yes yeah. I
1: loved it so well done and, well, and, and very much appreciated we're glad you
0: know. to have you back instead of having this box sitting next to me because <laughs> the box doesn't talk it doesn't even cry
1: no, no, no feelings whatsoever. No feelings. whatsoever. just looks good.
0: The box doesn't confess anything that's never <laughs> said out loud to other human beings.
1: That's right. So now I'm back and I can cry and laugh and all those things.
0: Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you back as always. And for all the listeners out there, just a little helpful reminder to you. If you would like to, I don't know, be the world's best parent, you're going to have the opportunity to come August 2nd for the next Parenting Influencer Workshop. So learn how to be the most influential person in your kids life without buying them new stuff, bribing them <laughs> or threatening them.
1: You know what, here's what I'm going to I'm going to tell you guys. This is a little side note, but kind of not. So I've had to go and do QVC and HSN multiple times in my career. And, you know, you fly there, you have your presentation and then you get like 6 or 7 minutes to just Sell it, right, and you really have to like pump yourself up like you really have to toot your own horn a lot. you have to just like believe in yourself way more than you really do. I mean it is out of control, and you guys, this is a trouble for me. this is an area that like i i'm I just have a hard time like bragging about myself or bragging even about what I do like it's it's a I could use a little more of it anyway. And so this workshop is kind of the same situation. I really have trouble talking it up. Um, And so I'm going to step outside myself for just one quick second. Okay. And we're going to pretend like it's not me talking about a project that I worked on. (laughs) Um, I I honestly believe that what we teach, what we talk about, what we break down – and explain in this workshop is the best thing that I've ever heard or read or been told. Um, It is so helpful. It is so helpful. And if you enjoy the podcast, if you find you get those little light bulb moments, it's that kind of times a hundred because of the way that we present it and build and make sense of everything, And so rather than kind of getting these little pebbles that you're kind of collecting along the way with the podcast, you really get like this very clarifying how to um, something that you can put into practice immediately. And I, I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way, but it is so helpful. And, um, okay, so now I'm just going to step right back into my, <laughs> into myself. I, if you have the chance to be there, if you're feeling that pull, go to the light, of the fight, you can find it on our profile on Instagram. You can Google search it, light the fight. Um, it, it costs money, um, to come. It's not super cheap. We would love it. If you came with your significant other, um, that we find to be very, very helpful. In fact, we give you a special deal when you come as a as a couple. And actually, we don't even um discriminate if you don't actually. Come if you want to with come with your, your actual best actual friend, <laughs> significant partner, yeah, if you just buy two. But if you bring somebody, yeah, if you with come you, with somebody that you talk to and that you process with and that you work with, um, you guys, it makes all the difference to not, to, to be in it with somebody. Um, and so I encourage that, come, come. It is, like, I, I don't want to have to get into the money or anything, but if you have ever had any counseling or therapy, it's over $100 an hour. And the information that, here's what I didn't know about therapy. If you haven't had therapy, it's really just education. And I'm I know I'm kind of going off here, but... It's really just learning. A therapist is there to teach you. And so what this workshop is, is really just very targeted and um, streamlined therapy, in a sense, only not, but but it it is very enlightening. It's very powerful. Um, I highly recommend it.
0: Well, I don't have anything to add to that because that was a great That plug. was my HSN. That, that was the great, greatest play we've heard <laughs> so far for our workshops. So please, if you're thinking about like Heidi said, um, check it out. Go August to Light, 2nd Fight. and 3rd.
1: It's a Friday all day and then a Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. We feed you. We have plenty of caffeinated beverages of all kinds. Um, a really great lunch. We give you a workbook. Um, you will go home and, and – uh, Bad
0: jokes are for free. Well, that you don't have to pay extra for. It's just a bonus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we you get a t-shirt
0: and you get a t-shirt
1: and a and a, Some of the and a very highly coveted don't freak out bracelet.
0: Yep, right here. Yeah, Ooh, don't People freak love out.
1: that. People love that. So, anyway, there you go. Okay, I'll stop.
0: Well, and just one last final shout out to our sponsor for making that happen. in one hundred contacts. So, as always, want to thank them for being our community sponsor and also just community partner. Here's just a note. Out.
1: Um, one hundred contacts also sells glasses. don't know if you knew that Mm -mm. but they like have the most stylish glasses so if you're local you can actually go in there they have like a glasses place and um it's like the best of the best just saying because they're kind of like into being the best anyway that's just a side note because i'm in like and, I and if you go prices. in there,
0: you'll see Heidi outside with her yoga mat, just hanging out for.: <laughs> the class. Just because
1: I just want to yeah. work there so bad.
0: If you going come to class, like, no, I just want to socialize, <laughs> just hang out. The mat has no sweat on it whatsoever. I like it there. <laughs> well, let's jump right into it today, you guys. Um, so uh, as always, Heidi and I just started chit-chatting and some ideas came up. And so we wanted to introduce uh, something that we've been talking and thinking about lately. But it has quite a peculiar word.
1: It is a peculiar, peculiar word. And so this word actually popped up um, as I was listening to podcasts. And then I saw it again on Instagram. And I'd never heard the word before.
0: i never heard of it either.
1: So it's the not The definition taught.
0: makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. So we want to talk about the word platitude. So maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you've not, but you I thought it was
0: gonna be like playful attitude, platitude. Right? Or does you know, mean that? Though. A cute
1: animal like a platypus, no. Right? Yeah. No, it's not.
0: Unfortunately it doesn't mean that.
1: Um so it sparked some curiosity in me. And so we we're gonna go ahead and read you the definition. Thank you, Brandon. Here we go.
0: Okay. A remark or statement, especially one with a moral content that has been used too often to be interesting or thoughtful. Um, Okay. I like this one a little better. Um, A platitude is a trite, meaningless, or prosaic statement, often used as a thought-terminating cliché, aimed at quilling social, emotional, or cognitive unease. So I, I... well, let me continue. It says, platitudes have been criticized as giving a false impression of wisdom, making it easy to accept falsehoods. A platitude is even worse than a cliche. So the first part about I like about this, it says um, a platitude is a trite, meaningless uh, statement often used as thought as a thought-terminating cliche aimed at the social, emotional, and cognitive unease, like to try to stop the social, emotional, and cognitive unease. Well, and
1: even just take it back, like... It is, it's supposed to be a terminate, a thought terminating statement. Like it's the, those famous last words, you know, it's like to, to be the, put the period on the end of a conversation that you're probably want to, you're trying to end or you, yeah. you know, the second part, which I thought was really, um, really interesting, particularly for like the fight, is that it's used to quell. Social, emotional, or cognitive unease. I mean, that's really how we could describe like the fight. Social, emotional, or cognitive unease. <laughs> that is what we are here addressing. And so really, as we talk about this word, this word platitude, we're really talking about something that gets used a lot.
0: Yeah, and, and one thing that, um, that I thought that this would be cool to talk about is that us as parents, just like our workshop is titled, we're influencers. Unfortunately, not all parents, when they became parents, ever had actual management training, experiencing running any group of people. Or any. Um, <laughs> especially if it's running a group of people 24-7 and being responsible for their livelihood and you know them being healthy and safe. So um, when I first heard about this, as people that are trying to be influential, let's use social media for an example. Oftentimes what we do is we take what other influential people say or something that's clever, something that's thought-provoking, something that seems like it has like some sort of meaning or some sort of wisdom to it, and then someone will take that, they'll copy and paste that, And they'll post that on social media. They'll say that at the end of sentences. If someone's saying, you know, nobody knows how hard my life is. You know, I don't want to live anymore. You know, if they're going on and sharing that, you know, a platitude, that particular moment, maybe like, hey, you know what? You know, life's hard. You just got to keep on, you know, keep it on.
1: Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah,
0: tomorrow's a new day. Um, It does shut down their thought, the person's thought. It does kind of almost like seems like it's placating to some sort of like support. But what it said in the one definition, it says, um, platitudes have been criticized as giving a false impression of wisdom, making it easy to accept accept falsehoods. Sometimes people, like some of the platitudes um, I'm about to share right now, a little disclaimer, I'm not saying these things in the sense that I want you to stop posting about these words. I'm not telling you I'm making fun of them. I think these words that I'm about to share and these phrases are just the current hot platitudes. That's all. Not that they're bad in and of themselves. So, one of them would be, um, you know, living your truth, safe space. These things, in and of themselves, have meaning to it, but a lot of people use it to the point where it loses its meaning. Um, I remember one a long time ago was synergy. Synergy was a word, uh, I think, in about 2000, I want to say. 2004ish, right? 2004ish <laughs> is when it was like every company was Synergy LLC, Synergy Solutions, Synergy, Synergy. Every hashtag, it was like.
1: This is funny because when I got hired at Making Memories, it was in 2002. I bet we, we actually had like um, a postcard that announced that myself and and two of the, the other individuals that were hired, and it said Synergy there you on go. the postcard. <laughs> That's funny.
0: Well, and and I'm not making fun of these words. I'm making fun of us as people, how we think that copying and pasting things that sound like there's wisdom and meaning to it can be misleading. And especially as us as parents and as influencers that we want to be influential to our partners, we want to be influential to our kids, our coworkers. It's very important that in a world of memes, in a world of platitudes, a lot of th- fluffy words that are being thrown out there that kind of could have some meaning but if you really dig a little bit deeper they're just statements they're they're not necessarily anything that packs a punch or has any direction how to change your life it's just like these little statements that can seem condescending can be very agitating and irritating especially if you're trying to use it with uh, a teenager or a kid that's heard you say it over and over again each parent, every family is going to have a long laundry list of platitudes. I know every parent, when they come into my office, they have a language and a cadence of the way they speak that as they start to open up their mouth before the syllables come out, I can watch their teenager just like, you could see me if you're if you're watching on YouTube, like melting, like in The Wizard of Oz. You, just, like, know, you just know it's coming. They're dying just to hear. But the parent continues. The parent gets in character. The parent starts talking about you know, my child just needs to understand that, you know, we're just trying to help them. The parent will go on and on and on and on and on, platitude after platitude I mean, after I platitude after that. platitude. <laughs> and they keep on throwing this all this stuff out there only for the teenager or the kid to have really blanketly kind of dismissed everything they just said because it had been recycled too many times. It didn't have any depth, it didn't have any meaning. It wasn't anything inspirational and something that i have to caution and you know as listeners i don't know if you do this but if you do be very mindful of this a lot of times parents will be into self progression so much that when they talk to their kids they talk as if they are Brené Brown talking to their kids they're using words like vulnerability you know I, i'm not feeling like you're being your you know um you know you're living daringly you know and living greatly and their kids look at them like What the heck is she talking about? Like They don't know who Brené Brown is. They don't give two craps about who therapists said what to what TED talk you listened to or what book you read that month. So platitudes can be very dangerous in regards to they really feed our ego. They really feed um, uh, our desire to be influential. And because other people have used these words that we look up to and that we admire, that we think if we adopt these words, that we're gonna get the same credibility as the leader of our church, the leader of a business, the person who wrote a New York Times bestseller. If we recycle the information, we now have the same credibility as them. Unfortunately, it does not work that way. Most people have a defense mechanism for BS, it's called a BS meter, (laughs) technical term for it. And when we feel like someone's been and you know, using a lot of platitudes for us, it creates quite the resistance. And realistically, it's hard to trust people that are just talking, especially when platitudes are used to stop someone's thought process, to look as if they're being compassionate and empathetic, but in reality, they're just trying to shut something down because for whatever reason, they have a hard time watching you go through the struggle.
1: Well, the reality is as a parent, and if, if you have parents and if you are a parent, I'm sure that you can relate to this situation. Your child brings you a tough situation or or they're going through something tough and you don't know, maybe you don't really know what to say. And you're feeling uncomfortable because they're uncomfortable. And I've said this before on this podcast, the only thing worse than your own disappointment is feeling your child's disappointment because it's like, Times 10 or whatever. And
0: for them, the only worst of their own is feeling their parents' disappointment. Right,
1: right. And so when you get in this situation when maybe your your child has just opened up to you um, and you're kind of realizing the gravity, honestly, I know for me, my go-to is like I start going through that card catalog in my head. Like, okay, okay, what, what am I going to say? What is that, what is that wise, all-knowing, purposeful comment that I could make at this time that's gonna make them feel better and make me feel better and that we can move on and I can get dinner made or you know, whatever. And I think about I think about very many experiences when and and there's like three or four that stand out specifically in my mind when I took my mom a problem. And her answer to me was, kill him with kindness, you know, or the other one is, you know, take the, go the extra mile. It's take less. T- it's, yeah, take the, you know. And I think that I would, I would kind of feel like, I mean, yes, I know killing him with kindness is what I should do. But then it just left me feeling like uh, that was, uh. you know, where killing them with kindness is really great advice in in many situations. And I have doled that sound advice off to my kids many, many times. So I think the reason why I wanted to bring this up is number one, for some self-awareness. Every one of us who is in any relationship. We have these um, go-to statements and these things that they, they might be true. And they, and they might really be great advice. I think that I wanted to have David weigh in because even just today, I had an experience um, that one of my children brought a tough situation And I was feeling, I was feeling it. I was feeling sad. I was feeling frustrated. I didn't have an answer. I couldn't fix it. And my mind just started racing. And it was like, now I'm overusing the word platitude, but it was like platitude. I've platitude. You know, I like I had a bunch of them that were popping up, and I was like, right now, and and then so so I tried like, I tried a couple things, and nothing really worked, and then, like, boom, out popped, like, pfft, the thing that my mom, you know, that, that was the most useless, worthless, uncomforting statement because I didn't know what else to say. Um, I think that all of this can relate to being in this situation, so I just wanted David to kind of weigh in on, obviously, he's going to say do the opposite of whatever that is. Whatever your instinct is, Heidi, do the opposite, which I try to tell myself that too, <laughs> but I'm not even smart enough to do that. Just so
0: you guys know, I only say that to Heidi. Not everybody is that actually a true statement. Do the opposite of your instincts. Some people have pretty good instincts.
1: <laughs> I do not.
0: Heidi's practicing and getting better at having better instincts. Man. If that's possible.
1: Sometimes I come through.
0: So, you know, um, I want to add to something that came to my mind while you're talking is that... Um, when we use platitudes, I think we're just kind of being lazy sometimes too.
1: For, I mean, just like, uh. Well, you, think about it. Don't.
0: Think about it. We want to help people, but it takes energy to sit there and listen and pay attention. It's easy to just copy, paste, throw a couple statements out there. And that's why it, it talks about, you know, it's thought terminating cliches. It's like, well, you know, the world needs ditch diggers too. Not everybody can be rich, you know. That's an old Caddyshack, you know, cliche back in the day. And, um, you know, we have these things that we say. When I said some of the more uh, popular platitudes right now, because there's so many people out there trying to be um, influential people, some are, right? And some are just trying to be, you know. I'm not dissing anyone that's trying to be an influencer or an influential person. But sometimes we get caught in this thing where we are fearful that we're not going to sound important we're not gonna have something profound or life-changing. Well, it just so happens uh, the opposite of the word platitude is profound. So platitude is trying to sound profound, trying to be profound, but missing the mark because what you're saying has been played out, it's been used too many times, either by you or by other people. Um, but what I was thinking about with with platitudes is it comes down to sometimes us being lazy or not wanting to put in the time and effort and lacking, whether it's time, energy, Lacking creativity. Everyone wants to feel special. So if we use a platitude, just a copy and paste, you know, standardized things, um, and, and I hate to say this because I know so many use this one, but I just have to use it because it is a very popular one. We've used it here on this podcast. The, the live in your truth, speak your truth. Every time I'm with someone alone and privately, they'll say it to me, I go, okay, what does that mean? Like, Tell me, explain me what that means. You'd be surprised how stuck you would be trying to explain that and how difficult it is to explain that because every time I've asked someone this and I was trying to make a point of this without being rude or disrespectful to them because I'm referring to parents who are using lots of platitudes with their kids. So I'll stop them and I'll say, why do you keep on saying these things your kids aren't listening to? They dismiss it. Like Charlie Brown's teacher, they're like, they just totally turn out. But yet you just keep on doing it. Like maybe if I do it for five more minutes, this time they'll really understand it. But what tends to happen is that when someone's using a lot of these um, platitudes, the person who's getting the information doesn't feel like they're special. If you could use something to describe what someone's going through, all the hurt and the pain, if you use something that could be used in any general situation as just a statement to give them at that point, they're gonna know that that didn't take a lot of effort from you. You didn't have to pay attention to them. You didn't have to relate to them. You didn't have to connect with them. And you definitely didn't have to understand them just to throw that statement out there. So if we're more creative and we're listening to what our kid's saying, instead of saying, and this is what I challenge everybody, I said, instead of saying, live your truth, because that came from therapists. People never talked like that until they went to therapy. Trust me. <laughs> that, that language was not used. Vulnerability, no one was saying vulnerability in any positive way until Brene Brown came along, which is a good thing. But what happens is that language is not your natural language. It doesn't belong to you. You try to, We as people will try to take the credibility, like I said earlier, because a credible person said it. So if we say now we can loan that credibility and that'll make us more important. You know what our kids, our partners and the people closest enough, like close enough to us need to feel important? They need us to say something like the opposite of the definition of, of platitude. They need us to say something profound. Something profound is something deep, personal, and it's very intricate. So we that, would have to, make is... a com- we'd have to make a comment that only we can make to them.
1: This is what's important, is that I think that when you first said, well, the opposite is profound, and I was like, well, I don't feel... It
0: doesn't feel very profound. I, I
1: don't feel like I even have anything profound in me to, to produce. And so I go, okay, well, I'm out. You, you know, But I like that you clarified it, that it's personal and it's deep. It doesn't mean that you have to think of the thought that's never been thought before which is, I guess, what I... Well, that's what everybody does in social mind, media.
0: Right, right. Everybody wants to say something profound, but nothing's come to their mind because they have to be creative and think about it. So they just say something that they heard. Problem is, is your kids and other people have probably heard the same things that you've heard or have heard variations of it. Or if they're hearing something that does not sound like language and terminology you would ever use, automatically it's like, eh, I don't know about this. I don't know where this is coming from. I actually was fortunate enough by choosing to work with teenagers in my profession. I actually made a really good move for me because I was never going to be the smartest person in a room. I was never going to outword someone. I was never going to talk in a way that made people go, "Wow, his vernacular! Wow, it's so amazing! <laughs> like that's just so attractive."
1: Don't hate, congratulate. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: So I, I, yeah. no no so I had no, di- to no disrespect. I realized really quickly with teenagers they didn't care what school I went to in fact the bigger the words and the more I dressed up to impress them the least they were impressed so all the things that I would have to do I felt I'd have to do as a, an adult to try to get some sort of influence with teenagers none of that was going to work they had to know I just gave a damn not because I was getting paid by their parents not because it was my job They just needed to feel as if I didn't have any agenda whatsoever. So platitudes in in those situations would have been a death sentence for me. They would have made me sound just like their parents using these simple little standalone one-liner mic drop like little cute little statements that they've heard in memes all the time. So instead, when you come up with something creative, very personal for that person, not only would it take you time to think about it, but when you actually say it, you're learning it realizing that truth while you're saying it. So when someone comes to me, this one uh, teenager not too long ago came to me, complaining that mom didn't like the way that mom was talking, right? Mom was sounding like a therapist. So I said, well, what's one of the things your mom says? Well, my mom says, you know, like, you know, just tell me the truth when people live in their truth, they're happier. It was always living truth, speak your truth, be your truth. And so I asked the teenager, I said, well, what does that mean? And so teenager tried to describe it and then, confess, actually I don't even know what it means, to be totally honest with you. I That's what's frustrating, she's telling me something, I'm like, I still don't understand what you're saying. And this teenager goes, do you know what it means? I said, yeah, just say what you know. And She was like, wait, so when she's saying speak my truth, just say what I know at that particular moment. I'm like, yeah. So why didn't she just say that? I'm like, well, and so we brought the mom in. The mom and her went back and forth. The mom, at first she didn't get it, but then she quickly realized, oh, wait a second. I'm obviously failing as a mother just by my own instincts and things I'm doing. So I'm going to have to copy and paste. I'm going to have to take other people's information knowledge and I'm going to have to say it to my child because maybe that would influence them. And what we learned at that particular moment, I saw it firsthand, the daughter saw it and the mom learned it very powerfully, is that the daughter doesn't want a smarter more intelligent mother. She wants a mother who understands her.
1: That's all she wants. Right. She just this wanted to feel super, understood. Like I wanna like put a highlighter on that and like double underline it because we think as moms that is our job to be smarter and to know more and to have solutions and be able to fix problems.
0: And have all the answers.
1: That's what we're that's what our job is, right? And so Gosh, are you are you listening? Are you taking this in? Am I taking this in? That my kids just want to be understood, which also means here I am, you know, verbally processing at the moment means relate.
0: Well, while you're verbally processing that, this is what the mother decided to do. Because trust me, mom had read all the Brene Brown books. She'd been coming and counseling me individually, then with her daughter. Mom had been doing a lot of great stuff. So mom was so thirst for, for knowledge and information. But the one thing mom didn't realize when she was speaking her truth was that she was speaking other truths of other people that she thought would make her seem like she knew what she was doing. See, her simple base, basic truths, meaning what she knew, it sounded like this. Instead of saying, you know, all these amazing platitudes of a daughter, she just had a simple sentence that sounded like this. I love you. I need to do better at being an example to you of self-love, because obviously I have a hard time loving myself, so until I can learn my to love myself, I can't expect you to love yours. Just by saying that, the daughter and her had no more th- fake therapy conversations, meaning like they weren't like copy and pasting other people's words. She wasn't copy and pasting a typical teenager being disgruntled and pissed off at her mom. The mom wasn't copying and pasting a typical parent that's pretending that she is not agitated by her daughter's behavior, but secretly being very passive aggressive. They both just sat there. Yeah, <laughs> the mom wasn't sitting there. I would well, never do that. <laughs> and she wasn't being petty and smug with her. And the daughter wasn't being like, ah, OMG. Like the daughter wasn't doing really adolescent behavior and the mom wasn't doing, I'm pretending that you don't hurt me behavior. They just sat there and said, yeah. I'm worried about this, this is something I'm thinking. Once they took all the language of what they thought they're supposed to sound like out of it, it was very easy for them to talk with one Mm. another. See, if you are a parent that wants your kids to have this language that you've adopted because of the books and all those things that you've read, they would have to voluntarily want to listen to those podcasts and read those books, and then they would have to choose to use those words. You cannot give them words that you want them to use in their vernacular, they have to choose the words.
1: So let's assume, let's let's pretend, this isn't a personal experience, that that you've you, you've been in a situation, you've used a platitude, it kind of backfired and you knew it.
0: Just say you're a bad mom and start crying. <laughs> Give me a guilt trip. Come on, moms! you guys know
1: the guilt trip? isn't. It, have not you, you ever tried that I'm before? I'm so good at that. <laughs> I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding okay,
1: so... It's really hard to think of that in the heat of a difficult situation. Yeah. Like it's really hard to be creative. When, when shots are being fired and freaking out, is happening. And, and then you got to just pull up the quickest thing that, you know,
0: actually, it's not hard to be creative. It's hard to imagine how simple it is. So, we're we're thinking we have to say something so profound because, like we told you, that's the opposite of the other word, okay? So if we're trying to say something profound, but we've got nothing, we can come up with nothing, that's when we want to borrow from other people. We're basically plagiarizing someone else's thoughts and feelings to try to connect. But the reason why it's actually the easiest thing to do, it's just hard to see how easy it is is that when we don't know what to say, anything that's profound, then we have to say something very personal and for real, it to be profound. Like, yeah. so, and so the living your true thing, so once the mom got more down to the nuts and bolts of it, instead of saying, I want my daughter to live my tr- her truth, I want me to live my truth, she just said, I want my daughter to be happy. And my daughter's happy, it just makes me so much more happier. And I have to be happy so that I can show my daughter that my happiness isn't solely dependent upon hers. There wasn't a lot of therapy talk there, but it was pretty clear to understand between the two of them what mom was saying. And it was done. The most simplest things you can say, the most heartfelt things you could say at that particular moment are the things that you don't have to try and think. It could be, I love you. I don't blame you for being angry and upset. I get it. Shoot, I, I've never been through what you've been through. You're actually handling it way better than I thought I would have handled it in this particular situation. And then you give a couple intricate details to that. There's nothing disingenuous about that. In fact, you are the only person that could say that thing at that particular moment. When you say something profound, it has to be something personal. We, we're not, most people aren't gonna be so influential that they're gonna send one tweet or one post and it's gonna be shared by hundreds of thousands of people because it was a thought no one ever heard before. Let me tell you, there's not a lot of new thoughts nowadays. There's new ways of thinking, <laughs> okay? like they're, like seeing it from a different angle. Sure. But there's not a lot of new stuff out there. It's a lot of recycled stuff, you know. But at the end of the day, it's only new. I mean, it's, it's only profound if it's something new that you're saying to this person. It's something that they're hearing from you in a different light. And that has to be very simple, very short, and very personal.
1: Emphasis probably on the word short.
0: Emphasis on the word short. Because, you know, less is best sometimes.
1: Here's one of the tricks that David, I remember multiple times that you said, you know, I'll like, I feel the need to really explain myself. Like from five years ago, what happened? And, you know, and and then David will say, now say all that in five words. And then you really have to think. And so I think that that's another. what happens when you say it
0: in just five words?
1: Then you get to these really poignant, words, you get well, and to the, the person listening, that, has a lot of, that has a lot more weight.
0: The person listening doesn't have to listen for 30 minutes and remember everything you said. <laughs> All they can do is hear one sentence, and usually that one sentence articulates so much more than 30 minutes, because in one sentence, they could use their own brain to creatively understand where you're coming from. But if you take 30 minutes to give them every detail of how they're supposed to think or feel, automatically their brain starts to reject that. It starts to dismiss and go, ooh, I don't know, but this is too much information. My details and these details are too complex. But if it's very simple, if it's very heartfelt and it's very personal, it's hard to forget it. It's like permanently tattooed inside of you, at least for that time being. You feel as if that information really, that you're a part of hearing that, not just something someone said to you.
1: Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, this this word has been on my list of things I want to talk about for a while, because like I said, I was curious about it because I kept, it kind of kept popping up a couple of times that I was hearing, didn't know what it meant. And, um, and then when I read what it meant and then had this experience, I was just like, Ugh, you know, and, and then my brain could go back to several other times where I was doing the same thing. So, I know that if it's happening to me, if it's something that I am experiencing, probably our listeners are experiencing it as well. Um, and so I think the most, the the biggest thing that I'd like for all of us, including myself, to get out of this situation is to sort of be aware. Like, if you do go to that, or if you are using that, notice it. Um
0: And just a little reminder, platitudes are very general. They're things that are often recycled, things that are big, huge, general statements um, that can be misleading. And if you want to say something profound, those are the opposite. Those are very personal. You'd you'd actually have to have intimate details about that person's situation if you want to say something profound to them.
1: Yeah, that's trickier and in a world (laughs) in a world
0: where all too often people are trying to think of profound things to say on a post some people with their business some people with their own personal how they use their social media it's important for them to be an influencer it's important for them to want to change the world or at least influence their followers and there's nothing wrong with that and so there can be a lot of stress at times to come up with huge profound things that you know thousands of people are all going to be inspired and connected by, that's very difficult to do at times. And all I can give you suggestion and advice here, I, I'm not a, a social media expert, so I can't speak on how to drive traffic or how to get the numbers to your platform because obviously I haven't figured that out for myself. Um, but what I am saying is that if you want to influence and you want to say profound things to the people who mean the most to you, like the people you actually are working with on a daily basis, friends, family members, coworkers, then it's those people that you do have personal inside information on. So yeah, do all your platitude stuff on social media, you know, for the masses. But when it comes to intimate relationships that you want to have influence over and say something profound, it's got to be personal. Otherwise, it could be just recycled for anyone else. And people know that. People know if it's a compliment that – You've been saying 30 times throughout that day. People know if you're just, you know, throwing things out there just to pacify them. We have these instincts, but when you look at someone in the eye and you say something so personal and so specific to them, and you say it in just such a short sentence or just a couple statements, it's pretty difficult for anyone to dismiss how important they are to you at that moment and that you're giving them your true time and attention.
1: And I think we've talked about this many times too if if you get it into a situation you don't know what to say maybe you do say something that misses the mark and you think about it and you know that and you start to kind of give yourself some time and some space to get into your get into your personal place you know get into that profound place for you and that person i think there's always room to go back and say I haven't been able to stop thinking about our conversation yesterday and
0: well, if you start out your conversation with, I totally blew it. I was (laughs) trying to say something all profound and inspirational and I obviously stuck my foot in my mouth. You know what you're going to get from that person? The worst you're going to get from them is I'm listening. Continue. (laughs) If you're making fun of yourself at someone else's expense, so that they have grad, so that they can be like, yes, you did do all those things. They're not going to interrupt you. They're not going to tell you no, you shouldn't have said those things. And they're they're going to want you to hear more. They want to hear more of it. So going back to them and say, listen, I screwed up yesterday. I didn't say it the way I wanted to. I use this terminology. Some people this may be a little too hood or street for people, but I would say I want to run it back. Run it back is a terminology used in sports. Um, like if you're playing basketball and you lose a game, like a one-on-one, like let's run it back. I mean, I want another shot. I want to try it again. So I tell parents to simply, if you make a mistake and you're like, oh, instead of throwing up your hands, say, now they're going to be mad at me and we're going to take all these steps backwards. Apologize as quickly as you realize you made the mistake and say, listen, I want to run it back. I want another chance. I totally screwed that up. Here's what I meant to say. And if you've already established them, that you're trying to be a better parent or you're trying to be a better partner, whatever your role is with them, then say, hey, remember when I told you I'm trying to get better? I need the reps to get better. So give me a chance just to say it one more time. See if I can do it better because I don't think I can do it worse than that. I screwed it up so bad last time. <laughs> right. You have to be light with it and tell them, petition, give me a shot, give me a chance. So for those people, like Heidi was saying, ask that ask permission. Yeah, ask if, permission. For, for people that think that they screwed it up or they made a mistake, now they can't go back and apologize. That's absurd. That's ludicrous. Now they don't have to accept your apology, but to go back with a sincere apology and be like, Hey, listen, I screwed up my bad, my mistake. I want to run it back. It's really hard for people to not give you another chance. If you see your, if they see your intention is to not be the way you've been in the past. So don't think that you can make a mistake on this or that you can't make a mistake on it. If you can make a mistake, just run it back and say, listen, let me try it again. I want another shot at this.
1: It's good advice. That's good advice. (laughs) All right. Well, I think... And also
0: you're teaching, especially this with your kids, what are you modeling for your kids if you're telling them, I can make a mistake, I can realize you made a mistake, come back, apologize in a totally different way, rectify our issue, and then we're all good. You're teaching them how to do that with you.
1: Which we know is way more effective than even telling them. So, well...
0: And if you don't have time for that, just buy them their... Favorite Xbox game.
1: <laughs> just go get them, get them get a, Yeah, get, get yeah whatever concerts
0: come in town that inappropriate music, just go buy them their tickets. Just bribe them if you don't <laughs> feel like you have the time and energy to do this because this is a lot of work. That's we're asking a much lot. It's easier. We, we realize we're asking a lot. So I'm well, sure Xbox wouldn't mind if you bought your kids more <laughs> games every time they're mad.
1: Hopefully <laughs> I'm not the only one that kind of finds myself in this trap. And so I, we would love to hear from you guys. Well, honestly, Heidi,
0: you would be a perfect person <laughs> to be more likely to fall in this trap because you have to do this for business. Like on, on social media, like you are an influencer. Well, so by being an influencer, you're used to having great influence over people, but you may have great influence over these people, but you may not it be able to say work. the same yeah, things yeah, over yeah. here to your kids.
1: But I will say that when I share the real stuff... Um, that's what people feel and respond to. And that's
0: what your kids respond to more, too.
1: And um, it is hard to go to that place. And usually it doesn't like it's not just, oh, you just wake up and you're feeling great. And so you go to this place of what you're really feeling like it. Like, I think that when you start feeling the feels, you start pushing them down. Like, I don't have time for this. I've got this, this and this to do. I don't have time for this. I have learned that when those fills start coming, it is way better for me to speak them, share them, write them, and give them a place to go rather than just pushing them down. Because then...
0: Well, if you push them down, they go right into the driver's seat. You're giving them the power to drive all... You're the vehicle, and now your emotions are driving it.
1: And, you know, I think that I've had to... I, specifically, Eric, I've had to tell him, look, I just have to say this, and so I need you to listen. I don't need you to comment or <laughs> fix it or take it personally. This is just
0: step one: it. close your mouth, open your ears. Step two: <laughs> keep your ears open, your mouth closed. You got two ears and one mouth because you listen twice as much as you speak. Right? Anyways, I can but go when on and I on. Get,
1: that's not a plan to do anything. <laughs> but when I get in the situation that I need to share, like then that's about me sharing. But when it's my kids coming to me and I feel like I need to be an authority, then that's when I get myself into trouble oh, yeah. rather than just being a person and just and just listening, maybe. I mean, I think listening is always an answer. But
0: Remember, personal is profound. Platitudes are very fluffy in general and they don't really pack much of weight when it comes to being influential and moving people to be inspired to do different things.
1: And when I say... Much words when few words do tra- what What's that? Less is best. <laughs> Less <laughs> is more. Less is more. Anyway, yep. you guys, thank you for coming. Yes, thank you very much. Um, if you have a minute and you're sitting doing something, you could always give us a review.
0: Or you can go to the YouTube and you hit the subscribe button. Go oh, to yeah. iTunes, hit the, the five-star button. And I the also learned button.
1: that you can't just hit subscribe. You have to also hit the bell. That's the thing. Mm. Okay. Subscribe and the bell because then you'll get notified. I
0: heard okay. from some people that can we give reviews for Heidi and David separately? Separate reviews. And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I want, I, I, it win's a win for me, you know? If you guys like Heidi, then you have to like me. <laughs> there, there's no playing favorites here.
1: Right. If you think that David's the one with the actual insight, you're right. Okay.
0: <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> no, Brandon cannot vote. And Point I, is you can't give a two. You can't give a two star you. for
0: me and a five star for Heidi. Okay? <laughs> Does not work that way.
1: Um, we appreciate you for listening. Yes, thank you very much. We appreciate you for telling people and spreading the word, um, talking about it, sharing this information, teaching your kids what you're learning. Um, because you know what, we need help to you know to light the fight. So thanks for joining us.